Fake Show Podcast welcomes our newest sponsor, Expand Laces. Never tie your shoelaces again with the original no-tie system, now in 40 colors. Go to expandlaces.com. That's X-P-A-N-D. The Fake Show is also sponsored by Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Actor, comedian Tommy Davidson burst onto the scene back in 1990 on the Emmy Award-winning show In Living Color, created by Keenan Ivory Wayans. What he had to overcome to get there and what he's been doing since, pretty well documented in Tommy's new memoir, Living in Color. Tommy Davidson is on the line right now from Los Angeles. Tommy, how are you? Pretty good. Things are good this morning. Oh, greetings from Las Vegas. It's nice talking to you again. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was just there um, at the Aliante Hotel. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I had a wonderful time, a wonderful show. You know, Vegas is still Vegas. It's the show place in the world, boy. Oh yeah, I've been here for quite a while, and and this place has really grown. There are a lot of different venues now for uh, comedians and musicians and the like. Congratulations on your on your new memoir, Living in Color. I've read uh, a lot of excerpts, and I can't wait to really get into it. Oh, thank you, thank you. It, it was a heck of an accomplishment. Nine years in the making, and I never gave up. So you actually kind of started and stopped with it. It 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 is a long process, isn't it? Yeah, it was it was mainly mainly trying to get a publishing deal, you know, and spending those years doing that alone, you know. And when I say alone, none of my representatives at the time were helping me do it. They didn't care, you know. So I was on my own. A friend of mine called. Well, he's a friend of mine now. He's a co-author with me. He called me out of the blue and said he knew one of the writers from In Living Color and heard that I wanted to do a book. And he said, "I'm an author. Would you mind if I joined you?" I said, sure. I read a couple of his books. He did Aretha Franklin books and some really good books. So we started on the path, you know, and we went through 27 publishers over three years. And um, I was getting ready to quit. And his name is Tom, Tom Tyholtz. I call him my Hebrew, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's one of the Jewish guys with the afros. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's my Hebrew, you know. And... um some Jewish guys got better afros than black people. So anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and um, if you see a matzo ball around, you're definitely going to see some barbecue ribs because we're a close community. You know what I mean? Time to open your own restaurant, I guess, right? You, you dig it, right? And so he said, you're not going to give up because I can't believe that there's not one publisher on planet Earth that doesn't want to do your story. And finally, Kensington came along. They love the story. They said, tell the story you want. We'll back you up. And now you can read it. It's amazing to me because as I've read several of the details about your life, I mean, it reads like it could be a movie. It's just incredible the rise of of your career and what you had to overcome to get to where you are. Yeah, to go from, you know, an abandoned infant who was near death to being able to, you know, pretty much determine my own destiny in this world was a feat in itself, and I owe it all to my mom. 
And let's get into that too, because you were actually found by the woman who would become your mother, and she actually found you in the trash, true? Uh-huh. She found me in a trash heap. Um, just happened, something told her to look under this tire that was on top of the heap, and she said when she lifted it up, she saw my foot, you know, and she uncovered the trash, and there I was, you know, unconscious and starved and physically abused and took me to the hospital and they nursed me back to health and I moved to Fort Collins, Colorado and spent my childhood up to five in Fort Collins, Colorado and Laramie, Wyoming. So, you know, I'm a Midwest white boy. <laughs> 1968. <laughs> and we moved to Washington, D.C. The rude awakening because the black kids kicked our asses every day and they hated us. They hated us. And they were calling my brother and my sister White Cracker and calling me White Cracker Lover, you know. And my brother and sister wouldn't hurt a flea. My sister looks like Cindy Brady and my brother looks like David Cassidy, so you know they're cool. Everybody loves the Partridge family, you know. Uh. And I went to my mom and I said, why are they calling me White Cracker Lover? Because I like graham crackers. Uh. Uh. She said, well, that's what people, your color call people are color when they don't like them. I said, what do you mean? You know, she said, yeah, you know. And I said, well, what color am I? And she said, you're black. And I said, no, I'm not black. I'm brown because I learned my colors from the crayons. And you guys are peach, you know. And I thought whatever we were, I was a brown one of us because I watched, you know, group in the Midwest. So I watched dogs have puppies and cats have kittens. And the, the cat could be a black cat and have a white kitten, a gray kitten, a brown kitten, a speckled kitten. So I thought I was a brown one of us, you know, and we moved to the suburbs and I had another rude awakening because that's the first time I heard the N-word. And grown men were literally chasing me home, saying, kill the Nick, kill the Nick, you know what I mean? Get him. So you were learning about race in a very different way because you were raised by a white family. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't zip this off, you know, I couldn't say, well, well I'm really white, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know. Time gave me that, and my mother was very culturally aware in a multitude of ways. And the first thing she taught me was the power in being black and the beauty of being black, you know, and the strength and, and, and the grace of being black. And she taught me about my culture. She taught me who I was, who I really was, not what white society projected on me, you know. And she just gave me a lot of love. And um, I'm her greatest accomplishment. Whether I wrote the book, my sister called me and said, why don't you ever talk about mom? And I, I didn't because it was a habit not to talk about her because when my mom showed up to school, then all the black kids didn't like me no more. Right. They didn't think I was black enough. And then when I went places with them, with my brother and sister's friends, they didn't like them anymore because I was black. So it was like a habit not to mention her. You know, but here I am, a grown man, and it's time. She passed away, and I thought that people need to know, especially now in these days and time, you know, with, the, with, with racism raising its ugly head again, because it's an ism, not a wasm, you know? And I thought it was really important to illustrate a point, and the point is, love is supreme, and I lived it. I wanted to talk just shortly about, I know that you had gotten into the uh, the stand-up scene in D.C., and to, to fast forward, when did you appear on Keenan Ivory Wayans' radar? How did he find out about you? 
because he's a bad dude, man, and he knows comedy. I, I met him at the Comedy Act Theater, which was basically the cotton club of comedy back then. It was a renaissance. So every comedian that you see now that's hot and blazing had to go through this club. And Keenan was there when I first came to L.A. Him and his brother, Eddie Murphy, was there. I mean, everybody was there. And so that was my caveat into Hollywood. Plus, he had done a movie called I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Right. Robert Townsend had done Hollywood Shuffle, which were like the first, you know, comedy movies of our generation. And so Keenan remembered me when he when he started auditioning for the show and called me in. And uh, miraculously, I got the part. And there was a lot of comics that wanted it. And uh, everybody, I got it, you know? And, and And thanks to him, you know my name. I sure do. And one last thing. I mean, you you got to the point where you also auditioned for SNL. Or did you get to audition? Did it get that far? I never did. Lauren Michaels was, you know, I guess I could say resistant to, to my entrance. And the first thing he told me was, we're not looking for a black comedian, so let's get that out of your mind. Um, he said, Eddie Murphy was a mistake. I'm looking for a cast <laughs> member, you know. And um, I was like... Well, just listening to him, you know? And so I was ready to ask him to ask me to audition or do something, but that was all he said. And then he said, so have a good day, you know? And I got my mom in me, you know? And I said something my mom would say. I said, well, if you're not looking, if you're looking, if you're not looking for a black comedian, you don't want me, because I woke up this way this morning. All right. And um, if you thought Eddie Murphy was a mistake, then I think you got the wrong concept of your show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he changed the face of your show with his talent and had nothing to do with black and white. And I was nice about it and I think it was truthful. And giving him that opportunity showed the world what blacks could do. Tommy, uh, your book is uh, something that I'm sure is going to be a, a bestseller. It's getting great reviews already. Tommy Davidson's Living in Color is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Wish we had more time. It's always great to talk to you, and I hope that uh, you're back in Vegas sometime soon. I really appreciate it, man. I love Vegas, and I'm looking forward to, to doing a, a really cool, extravagant show in Vegas like Sammy Davis Jr. used to do. Big band, impressions. Just beauty, the beauty of it all. Tommy, great to talk to you, and good luck in the future. Good luck with the book. Thank you so much. And Tommy does the best Sammy impression I've ever seen. In Living Color, of course, was a career launcher for not only Tommy Davidson, but also Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Lopez, and more. Well, that does it for this episode of The Fake Show. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. And I'll see you next time. Take The Fake Show with you at thefakeshow.com, SoundCloud, and at iTunes.